In today's readings of the Sunday Mass, the first thing that struck me very profoundly was in the first reading, the remark of the first reading at the end. Let me bring it to your attention and keep it in mind. They put the Lord to the test, saying, Is the Lord with us or not? That's a very good question for all of us to put into our hearts today and to reflect upon today or tomorrow. Is the Lord with us or not? The second thing that struck me was in the gospel, the ending, the last lines at the end. Very powerful lines for today. We have heard him ourselves, and we know that he really is the Savior of the world. What makes Christ the Savior of the world? That image there is death, crucifixion, and resurrection make him the Savior of the world. God the Father sent his Son and permitted him to be put to death in this horrible manner, crucified, treated with contempt, with abuse, with unappreciation by a whole nation. Sometimes we're indignant if one person doesn't respect us. Jesus was treated that way by the whole nation. Then what happens? Because the Jews reject the truth, we benefit. We who are Gentiles come into Christianity And how many today are doing the same thing? Crucifying Christ the same way that we accuse the Jews of doing. By doing what? Ignoring him, not loving him, not even recognizing him on the cross for who he is, the Savior of the world. And so today, then, we're in a state of a little bit of confusion because from the day Lent began from the day Lent began the next day we start hearing about the coronavirus in China and now all of Europe is in lockdown if I stood here three weeks ago and told you this would happen you would have laughed in my face so we need to recognize what's happening We need to understand it from the viewpoint of heaven, not from the viewpoint of the world. Many times you might have heard, you might have read these words. Pope Benedict uttered them. John Paul II uttered them. Many holy seers and prophets have uttered them. What words? They have said that there will be the time of the final confrontation. Confrontation is coming. A confrontation, that word, to you, does it really mean anything? Do you really understand the meaning of the word confrontation? Maybe occasionally you have a confrontation with your brother, your sister, your husband and wife. A confrontation is a battle where you really go at it. That's the meaning of the word confrontation. 
But the popes and the prophets of Christianity have been telling us that there's going to be a confrontation between good and evil in the whole world. It's going to be one-on-one. So how is this going to play out? Are we in the stages of the final of the battle of confrontation? Let's look at facts. Like you look at a baseball game. You have two sides. We have the side of evil, which represents all the evil in the world, and the evil comes from the devil, whose purpose, existence, is to what? To rob us of eternal life, the life that Jesus died to give us. The devil is in a warfare. He does not want to lose. On the other side is the crucified Christ, who said, this is what I've done to prove my love for you. So we have evil versus love versus love. Now, this virus, everything that's happening in the world is evil. It's sickness. It's It's horrible. So here's the question. Is this coming from God or is it coming from the evil one? God is not a punishing God. I do not believe in my heart, I cannot believe that the God of mercy and love is allowing, is causing this. God has to allow everything, whatever happens. My question, my point was, I do not believe he is the cause of this. I believe that this is the strategy of the evil side to try to win this game, this war game. But the war game isn't a pretend game. It's for your soul, for your friend's soul, for your family's souls. So what is my justification for saying that evil has caused all of this chaotic, chaoticness to happen and all this sickness to spread. What is my justification? If evil is the source of it all, then there has to be a purpose for evil to do it. He wants to prove something. He wants to gain something. That's the strategy. So what's the first strategy that he's gained? First of all, let's look at facts. This is today's virus update. More than 153,000 people have been infected and over 5,700 have died. The US has reported 50 deaths. You say, well, that's, that's proof. It's just gonna blow over. The question is, if it's that simple, and if that's going to just blow over, then how come all the nations are pouring billions and closing their borders and getting so excited about it? Is it because they're so stupid and we're so smart that we've got them figured out? No. It's because evil is in charge. Evil likes to create chaos, Evil likes to create fear. 
Fear is the devil's trademark. Anytime there's fear involved, mark it devil's side. Anytime there's confusion, calamity, illness, sickness, mark it devil's side. The reality is this disease, even if a 30 or 40 year old person gets it and recovers, it scars that person. It affects his liver, it can affect his body physically, and a few years down the line, that is what he's going to suffer from. So it isn't like I have a cold, I get better, and there's no effects left from my cold. This disease leaves side effects. That's why the leaders of the world are so afraid, because they're the ones getting the disease. They're saying, we want to protect the elderly. Canada was talking about putting the elderly to death. Now all of a sudden everybody wants to protect the elderly? It's a lie. They want to protect themselves. They want to cover themselves. That is the work of evil. I read you the statistics. The 153,000, the 5,700 deaths. Okay? Now, I'm going to give you a second statistic that I came up with this morning. Yesterday, somebody sent me a notice. St. Thomas Church is 13 miles away from here, 13 minutes away from here. Closed their adoration chapel because of the virus. All of Maryland has no masses today. If you were in the state of Maryland, you could not go to mass. If you were in Italy, if you were in, the, in Rome, you could not go to mass. All of Europe, except for Poland, where they're saying masses, where they refuse to give in, there's no masses. So who's winning? Would God not want us to hear mass? Would God not want us to receive the Eucharist? This is coming from the side of evil. My diocese sent me an email on a Sunday morning. I never get an email from a diocese on Sunday morning. It's already saying you don't have to go to church, and we're considering closing the churches so that people don't have to go to Mass at all. Got that on a Sunday morning, which is like a double offense. Evil right now is ahead of this game. I want to give you a third statistic. Of course, you know what's going on in New York City. You know how many schools, universities are closed, churches. So I googled New York. You can't have adoration chapels open. Can't have churches open. What's open? Read this. Can you read it from there? I can call this number right now, it told me. I can dial this number right now in New York and today on Sunday, make an appointment for my friend, anybody, to have an abortion tomorrow morning at this clinic. The abortion clinics are not closed. I checked Miami, St. Thomas Adoration Chapel is closed. 21 in this area. I was astounded. I thought maybe you had three, four, five. I counted 21 abortion areas will be open tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock for business. Five days a week, some on Saturday. 
some in the evenings. They're not closed. The virus doesn't touch abortion clinics, but it touches the adoration chapels. Give me a break. Who's winning? Evil. This is the bad news, right? We're on the good side team, right? But evil's winning. So what do you do if your team is losing? Do you wash your hands? you give up? You'll say, oh, it's just going to end. I'll just wait till the end of the game and the score is going to change. I don't have to worry about batting. I don't have to worry about doing anything different. It's all going to end and change. No. If that's your attitude, just wait and see how it all plays out. That's exactly the strategy that the evil side is hoping you will take. What should the call be? What should we be hearing? We should be hearing a call to more prayer, more adoration time, more reading the Bible time, and more penance, and more determination than ever to live this Lent with such exactness, such faithfulness, and love of God, to read the Bible and fall in love with God, to read every day about the Passion and go back and see what he's, how God loves you, how he suffered for you. That is going to be the battle that has to be fought against evil for us to be victorious. In the end, whatever it'll end, not this virus, but this battle, because this battle is not, it's going to end. That's another beautiful prophecy, that the battle will eventually end and we'll have a time of peace again. But the in-between time is going to be the time when people will lose their souls, go into despair, go into discouragement, and die going to hell. And others will just have their faith destroyed. Those who sit on the sidelines, those who don't get involved, and those who don't pray more intensely are going to be those who are going to be on the losing side. They're going to be the captives of Satan. It's common sense. It's not mystical. It's not theological. It's common sense. One side wins, the other side loses. Eventually, because God's in charge, eventually we'll come to a head and God will win. But... In the meantime, some of us can lose if we do not take this seriously as a time of increasing our faith and our love for God. We can't live in the status quo. It doesn't work anymore. We can't live in the la-la land. Even, in fact, even la-la land and Disneyland is closed. You can't live there. You can't even go there to escape all this. You have to live in the real world and you have to get involved in the battle. The question is, are you? And how are you, what are you doing about it? Each one of you have to think about this seriously and resolve what you're going to do to protect yourself against evil by reading the word of God, receiving the Eucharist and adoring Christ in the adoration chapels that are still open.